Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Welcome to the campfire. We are two RV industry veterans who travel no time in a small trailer <laughs> looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Well, we are going to travel again. We are. It's very, very part-time now. It's only from here to the camper in the driveway. Yeah, which is sitting on solar panels right now. Sitting on solar panels. It's getting a little bit of cleaned up and getting repacked for when we're ready to hit the road again. Yeah. Next job, wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. I wish there was an automated way of doing that. I wish there was too. But there are automated Automated campgrounds. campgrounds. We have a guest coming up in the next few weeks. But before that, I belong to a number of campground groups on the old social media. And one of the discussions was, can we just automate a portion of the whole check-in process and all that? So basically, they want to interact less with people for obvious reasons right now because of the pandemic that's running across the world. And so they want to socially distance, yet still check people in. And there was discussion of automated campgrounds. There are fully automated campgrounds. So this is for checking people in. Well, this is not for like hooking up your black tanks automatically. the greatest. I could just see like a robot coming out. Oh, yeah. The arm come up. <laughs> no, but what this is, is it's basically it's an unattended campground. So all of the services and such are on a pedestal that when you check in, you basically acknowledge it with your smartphone or whatnot. And the pedestal turns on and it opens the valve for the black tank and you're all set. That's awesome. Yeah. The design for these is such that it's more as an alternative to, let's say, Wally docking, you know, sleeping at a Walmart or Cracker Barrel or whatever, right. which we're also going to talk about later. It's an alternative to that. And the advantage is, A, you can just stop any time of day or night. Let's say you're going to pull a really long road trip and it's 10 o'clock at night and you're like, I'm done, son. Right. You just pull in and it's fully automated. You don't have to talk to anybody. There doesn't have to be anybody at the gate. And the advantage over boondocking at a Walmart or something like that is it's not seedy and gross. Right. Some Walmarts, you're like, yeah, no. And then truck stops all night long. The motors are running and you hear as the air brake compressors go on and off and all that. So So this is a nice quiet place and there's actually hookups in a place like this. Not only hookups, but Wi-Fi and all of that. Nice. Okay. So So a really lush alternative to sleeping in a parking lot somewhere. Well, it's, yeah, it's sort of somewhere between a parking lot and an RV park. Right. So it's, a, I guess, a deluxe parking lot. That's awesome. That definitely serves a purpose. So we hope to have the gentleman on who invented this. And if not, we'll talk about it more because there's a lot of information out there. Right now, there are one of these. R1. (laughs) Well, hey, at least there are one of them. Yeah. And it's not just a concept. There are also examples of bathrooms that fully clean themselves automatically. Wow. There's some in New York and some in Europe. And so I can see this concept growing because it serves a certain need. Right. And especially, I don't know about all of the rest of the country, but in California, a rest stop is just an imaginary thing. I mean, I don't remember the last time we actually stopped at a rest stop? Yeah, in California, they're always closed. Yeah. They're 
Yeah. Yeah. Come on, California. Get your stuff together. It's a rest stop so that we could rest. And that is not anything new. That was the case when my grandfather and I used to drive to Colorado every year. Really? All uh, the rest stops were closed. And so by the time we hit from Southern California, by the time we hit state line in Nevada, we had to park close because we had to run for the head. <laughs> oh, man. That's, see, that's ridiculous. But now yeah, what are you going to do? Well, okay. So what if you already made your plans and you don't need an automated campground? and you want to go hang out in someone's farm. That would be cool. And that's what our main topic is this week. That's right. We're going to come back after this. and We're going to be talking with Annie Toro Lopez from Rolling Homestays. Yeah. Talk about you can be a farmer too. Right. We know lots of people who would love to try out stressless camping, but don't have an RV. That's why we love RV Share. It's a great way to test the waters without jumping in with both feet. With RV Share, you can rent other people's RVs so you can experience stressless camping firsthand. It's a great way to decide which RV is right for you. Try motorhomes, travel trailers, or fifth wheels and see what fits your lifestyle. And if you want a safe and secure way to make money with your RV, RV Share is the way to do that safe secure and a great way to start stressless camping so check out rv share on the discounts and deals page on our website today we are here with annie toro lopez from rolling homestays and annie welcome welcome annie thank you so much thank you for having me so tell our audience a little bit about Rolling Homestays. My husband and I have a small seed preservation farm called Seeds to Saver Farm on the Colorado High Prairie. So we are farmers, but we are also RVers. And we took a sort of impromptu trip a few years ago down the, the West Coast, Washington, Oregon, and California, and went down the coast for about, ended up traveling for about three months. Wow. And we loved it. We just completely fell in love with the lifestyle, and, and it really opened up a whole world of community that we were unaware of, really. I mean, neither one of us had really been RVers before, and so it was a really eye-opening experience for us. But a lot of what we did, because we are farmers, and we are also involved in agritourism, so we host interns who come and stay at our farm, and they learn from us. They learn seed preservation, and they learn permaculture methods of growing. So we've been doing that for quite a while, and most of the people that we host have stayed in our home. So we host them in our home, and we feed them, and we take care of them, and we teach them and in exchange for help on the farm. Well, as we traveled, we really wanted to see what other farming and agritourism destinations are doing. And as we traveled, we would call and find fellow farmers and fellow agritourism destinations. And we would call ahead and we would arrange to park and boondock, which is, as I'm sure you know, is um, parking without, a lot of people don't know what that is. Right. But it's, of course, parking without any hookups or anything like that. And so we would boondock at these farms and orchards. We stayed at a wonderful peach orchard and great places also to learn from them about agritourism and for our own farm as well. And as we did that, we kind of, for one, we just had, we had so much fun. It was just such a great time and we met great people and just had incredible experiences in like olive farms and alpaca farms and amazing experiences. And we thought it would be nice to have that in sort of a more convenient place than having to look them up and call ahead and everything. So we sort of devised the idea with Rolling Homestays of the idea of not just parking in a farm, but also having that opportunity to 
help out on a farm if that works for you and the farmer. And of course, every arrangement would be different. But some people just would purchase farm-made goods, but some people really want to, you know, learn or grow. Or sometimes RVers, I find when I would talk to people, I find that they miss that. You know, they miss like putting their hands in the dirt. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's one of the things that, you know, that offers them as well. So we felt like it was a really mutually beneficial arrangement. And we've also created a nonprofit here in our county, the Albert County Agricultural Alliance. So we are also, as a community, are really getting involved in agritourism. So we give a presentation to the other side of this equation, which is the agricultural community. This past Friday with the Agri Summit, which was now virtual instead of in person, of course. <laughs> yep. yeah. But it was really great to connect with other people who are really interested in agritourism and hearing what they're doing. So our main goal really was to help both communities, really, just to be of assistance to both communities where our viewers can have a safe place to park that's interesting, that isn't, you know, doesn't cost them anything. And also for farms to have a hand sometimes when they need it or just a customer base or giving tours or classes, soap making classes or whatever they do. So right. that's kind of the long answer. <laughs> how it came about. Typically, <laughs> how long of a stay are you finding your hosts are providing? Is it typically one or two days or are they staying for a growing season or it's one of those we sort of almost see ourselves as sort of a matchmaking site for <laughs> that's what i said <laughs> we don't really dictate a lot every farm is different every RVer is different we do find that there's a lot of overlap in the two communities which i love actually so it really depends on the need of the farm and the need of the rv or from our perspective we've hosted people just overnight who just you know needed a place to just park while they were on their way right. to we've had, gosh, I'm trying to think the longest was probably a couple of months where they stayed for a couple months. And oh my gosh, in fact, I'm happy to be standing right now in a yard that they helped us create. So it was, you know, <laughs> it's just awesome. It's such a great place to hang out. And so we're always grateful for the help that we get. And would an RVer, would they have to have any farming experience or I guess it probably depends on the location, but can they come in with almost no experience and walk out with a green thumb perhaps? Again, I mean, I think that depends on the location, but I think that's our goal here for stress at Seeds to Savor. Like our goal is to help people learn how to grow their own food. And so, and for us, that starts with seed preservation. We've hosted people from all over the world who come to learn from us. So yeah, that's the idea. But again, it depends, you know, some agritourism destinations might be a brewery. <laughs> They're not all farms. Then the real advantage is, you know, you walk home. It's right, right here. Right. We stayed at a brewery in New Mexico. It was awesome. And we were like, well, we're going home. So that was fun. We don't even have to leave the property. (laughs) Right? Exactly. It's like fully responsible. Yeah. I have a great deal of experience when it comes to breweries. He does indeed. Breweries are good. I do as well. So I can fully appreciate that. (laughs) But that's kind of cool. So right now there's been a lot of issues with full-time RVers finding long-term stays. And this could be an opportunity for them to both learn a skill and also stay somewhere for more than a night or two. Exactly. And that's exactly how we see it as this all unfolded. You know, we were just like, oh my gosh, you know, we're seeing both of these communities who we kind of feel we serve in 
a difficult situation. You know, our viewers were concerned about, you know, people who are maybe not safe. The roads are won't stay safe if people have nowhere to go. That's, right. that's not good. And just where do you go? What if we were in that right now? We're not because we're here, you know, farming. But we just immediately saw that as something that can help that community. So we're hoping that that is the case. There are a lot of people who are forced out of camp spots and such right now as we're recording mm-hmm. this. And that right. could be a good opportunity. Plus, it's never bad to learn a little bit more about farming and, and agriculture. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing that we find, too, is that it may not even be that you would necessarily want to learn, but you maybe just want to support local agriculture, eat fresh food that when you travel, maybe you don't want to shop at Walmart or stay in a Walmart parking lot. You know, maybe you want fresh food directly from a farmer. And especially now with food shortages. Right. Yeah. Of course, the world has changed. So we're, now we're talking in a whole new world, even though we're kind of still have one foot in both <laughs> worlds now. Just had a conversation with a friend of mine who does sustainable grass-fed beef production. And I want to buy two cows because I've got friends who want meat. You know, they're right. like, you know the farmers. Where do we get meat? You know? Yep. And so maybe as an RVer, you know, even in that situation, that was my concern as well. Because I thought here at the farm, we were pretty well set. We're stocked up always. I'm always shopping with 50 pounds of beans. I mean, that's just normal for us. <laughs> we feed a lot of people. And so that's just normal for us. But you don't do that in your RV. Right. No. Yeah. With you enough can. room. Right. right. We're right. fortunate our Sticks and Bricks is in a farming community. So we have right. access to locally grown produce and beef and pork and chicken and all of that stuff. And we... Right. And even this year, we're taking more advantage of access to locally grown organic starts. So the things that we think we can yeah. handle growing on our own, we're able to yeah. get locally. That's what I'm doing all day today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing here. Yeah. So it sounds like a good solution for the farmer. One of the farms that are in our area is a goat dairy and they make cheese and that's how they staff the goat dairy is with RVers coming and staying for a season and those people Mm -hmm. stay and learn the skill of making goat Mm -hmm. cheese so it works out for the RVer and also works out for... Well be sure and tell them about us. Yeah Yeah, I I absolutely (laughs) intend to and boy their goat cheese is great too. I bet oh my gosh what we found was when we hosted people for so many years when I was growing up my parents hosted exchange students so for me that was just very normal right for my husband it was not right and so when right. i first brought it up he was like you want to do what like they'd stay in our house what and he did come around and all the people who've stayed here have all loved him but we did this for a long time but one of the things that we found when we talked to people about it was they were like well, i don't want someone staying in my home and i get that sure like i really do i totally get that and the great thing about this is like you're saying with the goat dairy the people come in and they're in their rv but they're self-sufficient they have their own home. They have their own oven. They get up and make their own coffee in the morning. Yes. <laughs> when we have people, interns and people, when we're hosting people who are learning from us, you literally get up and have coffee with them in the morning. And that's nice to some degree, but it's also nice to not and have your own space. Right. Yeah, right. That's and for have sure. your own. It is very personal, very in your personal space. Yeah. yeah. This is much nicer. I think it is. And we've had some wonderful guests who have had us, you know, they're like, come, you know, we want to cook for you. And we've come into their RV and. Oh, that's you know, cool. Sat and had a meal. It was just lovely. Yeah, it's just for come, let's let's play a game or whatever. And so that's been really nice because they host us just as much as we host them. Right. That's super cool. Yeah, and that's really nice. I guess part of the ability to have long-term RVers depends on what on your farm, what kind of facility or space or hookup or lack thereof that's available to the RVer. Because even for a boon 
boondocker every some amount of time they need to dump tanks and fill tanks and dump all tanks. that stuff yeah we address that in our FAQs as well that is definitely something you know you do have to consider some farms have places where like we have a septic system so it's actually fairly easy to dump straight into our yeah septic right but not everybody does that and some people just don't want to which is fine too which I understand we always encourage hosts to kind of know where their guests can dump we have two spots that are within 15 miles and most boondockers you know you just you're gonna have to go dump somewhere right right, right. Like, you just know you have to so but it's nice to have that known but other than that for us that's the beauty of it is most farms have a level parking place and a place for fairly large equipment to turn yeah. out you've got to be able to get a truck and you've got to be able to get yeah. a, you know you, you just do you got to be able to get a load of hay or straw or whatever and so you have to have that space and so the great thing to me about hosting boondockers is that you really don't need anything other than a fairly level space and enough room for them to maneuver right absolutely but other than that you don't need anything and we've parked oh my gosh we've parked yeah we've <laughs> in all ki- yeah, we've, we've parked in all kinds of really great places and orchards and people just put you where it's convenient for them you know go park back there behind the barn <laughs> right right we have a few different places on our farm that are pretty easy and accessible and we just give people a choice but yeah it's so easy for the farmer because you really don't have to provide anything right, right. and you can interact as little or as much as you want to right how would either a farm or somebody interested in staying on a farm sign up for rolling homestays you can go to our website rollinghomestays.com and right now we are actually because of what we were discussing and because of the urgency that we feel those communities are in need right now it is free there's no charge for the membership normally we do charge five dollars a month for the membership but right now it's free because we just really feel like we want to just get the word out i don't see that there's going to be a quick end in sight here i don't think anybody does right and so both of these communities can really benefit from having the help from each other right now so just go to rollinghomestays.com and uh, coupon code is actually posted on the homepage, so you can't miss it use the coupon code that's posted and i think we have two different ones i think one is spring 2020 and one was covid 19 but that's check the one the i used and make sure before you use it because it's right there but it is free to sign up sounds and cool. we would love to have you and contact us with any questions we're all over social media we're on facebook and instagram i don't have a pinterest that's okay <laughs> and then on a different subject tell our audience what is seed preservation because it's i think it's very important well thank you for asking because that is actually one of very near and dear to my heart i got started doing this because i was a middle school teacher and i would take my students to washington dc every year we would go in may of course at the end of the school year and we would always go to mount vernon which is the home of george washington so they would have their seed and plant cell every year and i bought home seeds from george washington's home and i was like this is the coolest thing in the whole world like i've got flowers from george washington's home and i can plant them at my home and how cool is that so i turned on a switch for me and the rest has just been a rabbit hole but a wonderful one once i kind of got interested the more i learned about it the more i realized how important it is we've lost more than 80 percent of our world's seed diversity in the last 100 years. So seeds are as rare as tigers or giraffes or polar bears, but nobody talks about it. Wow. They found that when they went through seed catalogs from the early 1800s, that the seed catalogs that we see today represent less than 20% of the strains. Everybody buys the same strains. They go to the box stores and they buy their seeds. But the reality is, is that there are a lot of strains of a lot of fruits, vegetables, grains that are, and people are familiar now with the term ancient grains. So it's sort of the same idea but much bigger. So my degree is in English. So my my passion with literature and history, I started collecting 
buying flowers and seeds from Van Gogh's garden and from Shakespeare's garden. And so I started going down that route. Then my husband and I both became involved with the Rocky Mountain Seed Alliance. When I saw the documentary Seeds, The Untold Story. So I watched this documentary and I was blown away because I was like, this is exactly... This isn't why I do what I do, but they explain why I do what I do. Oh, And I was like, who are these people? I was like, these are my people. So (laughs) I watched till the end and I've never done anything like this, but I got hold of them and I was, I want to be involved. And Bill McDormand, who is the founder, he and his wife, Belle, are the founder of Rocky Mountain Seed Alliance and they teach seed school. And so you go to seed school and you learn genetics and preservation and there's a lot involved in seeds and plants and you learn a lot of that and we learned how to teach others. So then we started going out and teaching in community gardens and we taught at the Downtown Aurora Visual Arts Center to teach people how to save their own seeds and grow their own food. One of the many advantages of saving seeds from your crops is that with climate change, we are actually bioadapting our crops to place. Uh And it's really an important step that we need to take. Here on the Colorado High Prairie at 6,300 feet, our growing conditions are pretty difficult, but they're very similar to the steppes of Russia. So when I cultivate seeds for my area, I'm cultivating seeds that will do well at high altitudes that can handle a short growing season, you know, that sort of thing. When I sell seeds to my community or one of our plans with our nonprofit is to start a seed library for our community where people can actually just check out seeds. They can grow them out and then bring them back, which comes with education and a lot of other things. But that's one of our goals. So when I either sell seeds or if someone checks out seeds from our seed library in this area, they know that these crops are adapted to our area. People don't think of seeds as being so important. We go to the grocery store and pick up a package of seeds for some green beans or whatever. Right. And for people who are concerned about genetic modification of seeds and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. that's another angle for this that can alleviate that. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a number of factors at play here that are all good things to be aware of. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And that's exactly right. People concerned about GMOs and different kinds of food modification, this is definitely a way to combat that. When we moved here two years ago, we planted, you know, a zucchini and a tomato or whatever. And last year, I don't think we got around to anything. But this year, everybody I know is growing some food. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Out of boredom or desperation or fear or whatever. Or common sense. Or excitement to just actually have the time. For us, it's like, oh, we always want to do it. But it seems like every year, oh, well, we're two months behind schedule. We can't (laughs) do it now. And people are sitting around with all this time on their hand like, oh, I'm going to grow my own tomatoes. So (laughs) So they'll Mm -hmm. notice as people. Definitely. And I'm hoping, I've said this before, I hope that some permanent change comes from all of this in good ways. And that's one of the things that I hope for us, especially if we're going to do it this year, let's not goof up and not do it again next year. Right, right. People don't realize the diversity that nature has. There are thousands of kinds of apples, but you only see maybe five kinds in the store, but there are over 7,000 kinds of apples so it's kind of a cool thing and it's good to save that yeah nature the original apple orchard is in asia the original primordial apple orchard still untouched is in asia wow apples are amazing seeds so (laughs) they're in their very own category so i'm not even going to go there because i've (laughs) talked about apple seeds forever but it is important and i think that people either out either out of fear or insecurity or gosh wake up this is common sense let's grow our own food and starting from a seed i've been you know going through my seeds of course it's 
spring. So I'm constantly going through them. Right. I have seven different kinds of broccoli. Oh. Wow. People do not realize the potential of diversity. Well, the diversity that exists and did exist. I guess for us, the thing that's tragic, of course, is that how much has been lost. Where now new strains are, of course, being developed all the time. Because once I take that sunflower from George Washington's home and I plant it at Seeds to Save Our Farm, it changes it, right? It's something else. But all of our stuff is open pollinated. So things start to cross and they start to change. And so everything changes. And adapt mm-hmm. to the different. And then we do some deliberate plant breeding. So then, of course, you change it even more. So you take, you know, I like this and I like mm-hmm. this and I'm going to cross these. Right, right. But a lot of what I've really gotten into more are I'm loving growing beans. And we have a lot of beans from Native American. Oh. The Trail of Tears bean, which was the bean that was planted along the Trail of Tears. Oh, wow. We have the Hadatsa shield figure and the Hopi purple. Quite a few different, and I'll be growing a lot of those out this year. I started with six just from a friend, so it's exciting to grow them out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gosh, Annie, we sure appreciate your taking the time to spend with us today on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You've got a great idea there, and we're going to encourage our friends who are farmers and our friends who are RVers to check it out and hopefully get some farm stays going. Well, we appreciate the support. Yeah. We were about three weeks out from now supposed to be in northern Colorado (laughs) on a big trip. My mom lives about 90 miles north of you. So we are going to keep this in mind. And when we do finally make it into that part of the country, we'll have to come by and see you on our way from wherever, (laughs) from Loveland to wherever wherever we're headed next. (laughs) It was supposed to be a trip to Oklahoma for my sister's birthday, but nobody's on the move right now. So we had a month set up in Austin this winter. We had a whole month set up with different agritourism destinations where we plan to stay and put post on Instagram and visit different places. And yeah, yeah. Well, we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are all we're all here, stuck. right? <laughs> right. Yep. But no, you're yep. welcome. We'd love to have you. We would love to have you. But then hopefully this all have this yard already too. <laughs> Working yeah. on our garden back here. Very Thank good. you so much. Thank you again. Thank for you taking again. Time. It was a pleasure. Very excited to have met you and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Well, you guys take care and best of luck to you as well. Stay healthy. Thank Thank you. Thank you. All right. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. Everybody seems to be talking about lithium batteries for their RVs. Of course. They charge faster, last longer, weigh less, and require zero maintenance. Plus, you don't have to replace them every few years. We love Lion Energy's safe lithium batteries, and with their limited lifetime warranty... They're the last batteries you'll have to buy for your RV. Of course, we have a discount for you on our Discounts and Deals page. And you can learn more about why lithium is the way to go. So what do you think? Are you ready to go farming? I think that would be great. And as we reevaluate all of our realities and what's going on in the world, it may not be a bad thing to know a thing or two about getting down on the farm. This is very true. We talked earlier about Wally Dockin. Yeah. <laughs> Wally Dockin or Boone Barrelin. Thank you, Abby, thank you, again. Abby, for those ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Basically, it's overnighting at a Walmart. And that's kind of the bottom line of it is overnight. 
moonlighting is sort of the key to this. Right. So it's when you are really tired, you didn't have a place to stay, it's late, you just need to pull over. You're in California and all yeah, the rest no stops rest are closed. Stops. And you just need a place to pull off the road, sleep for a few hours and keep moving on. I understand why the rest stops are all closed here. How can they afford to keep them open when the gas prices are so low? <laughs> okay, we don't get political on this, so I'm just going to stop. <laughs> so Walmart's long-standing corporate policy has been to allow RVers to spend the night. People spend the night and they come in maybe into the store and buy some food or buy some things. So they're already in the parking lot. So why not let them have a safe place to sleep? Except as usual, you know, it's always that one guy. There's always that guy. Yeah, that guy. And that's why there's a sticker at the top of the ladder. So you don't stand up there and paint and fall oh, over. Oh, that guy. Is that same guy. <laughs> and that guy stayed at Walmart. And now our local city council has banned overnighting at Walmart and in parking lots in general, just because Walmart literally saw a decrease in business because people were afraid to go in the parking lot because of all the RVs. Yeah, they were RVs that weren't spending the night. These were no. people who didn't have a place to go. And so they parked in Walmart and just moved in. And I was one of those people who quit shopping there because I just, oh, it, ugh, I didn't want to park so close to that. Yeah, some of these RVs were clearly people living in them because they didn't have another choice, but then they didn't take care of the space around them. And so it became there were panhandling and urinating and defecating in the parking lot. Yeah. It was it was a bad scene. And right. so that's the extreme. But that could happen. You know, we may lose this whole privilege. So we have a few tips on how to keep overnighting at Walmart still something that's a resource for all of us. And this isn't necessarily just Walmart. This could right. be Cracker Barrel. It could be any place now that has a parking lot that allows overnight sleeping. Well, heck, even places that you find through Boondockers Welcome or Harvest right. Hosts, be cool is the bottom line. Here's ways to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> one, stay one night only. That's right. It's meant as just a stop on your journey. This is not supposed to be the place where where you spend your vacation. Correct. It's just a, you're stopping and moving on. Number two, ask permission from a qualified individual, preferably the store manager that's inside the store. And maybe even call in advance and say, hey, I'm on my way to wherever, Benton, Arkansas, <laughs> to see the head of Walmart. And I'd like to stay the night. May I? Number three, obey the posted regulations because there pretty much are going to be regulations based on a lot of people taking advantage of this. Yeah. And number four, don't put out awnings, chairs, barbecue grills, pet enclosures, swing sets, whatever you got. You're just spending the night. You are not camping. And if you can avoid it, don't use your generator. Absolutely. Be stealthy if you can. Number five, park as far away from the store entrance as possible and leave as much parking space around your vehicle as possible. If you can fit into two parking spaces, don't take six. Oh yeah, I've seen RVs literally parked across, has to be eight spaces. They're diagonal on both rows and it's like dude seriously yeah. again share the be space cool. be cool be cool don't use your hydraulic jacks on asphalt or other soft surfaces it damages the asphalt and that is a big expense it's oh, i remember when we were facing resurfacing just the drive at the resort we used to own and it is not cheap it's so expensive so imagine they have to fix the parking lot because they don't want people tripping in the holes you left don't use the jacks you're just parking for the night right number seven always leave the area cleaner than you found it. Now, this should be your rule everywhere you go, but this is a good time to not forget the rule. Yeah, 
leave it better than you found it. That's just just like if you borrow a tool or something. But right. If you can buy fuel, food, or other supplies as a way of saying thank you. That's why they have those stores. And so if you're going to camp there, buy some. Yeah, absolutely. Go in and purchase some supplies. And of course, always, always, always here, there, and everywhere. Be safe and be courteous. Yeah, be cool. It's always cool to be cool. Don't be a fool. Yeah, don't be a fool. I pity the fool. <laughs> some of you are doing your best Mr. T voice when I said I pity the fool. <laughs> Come on, bring them. <laughs> Record them, send them to us. Yeah. We're really bored. <laughs> yeah. We'll play the Mr. T voices next week if you send them to us. <laughs> Why not? That'll be fun. All right, everybody. Tell and us now, how you pity the fool. Yeah. The Stressless Scamping <laughs> and Mr. T podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're going to send us a Mr. T impersonation, be sure and tell all your friends because you know you want them to listen when we play oh, yeah. it back. Hey, these idiots are going to put the Mr. T impressions <laughs> on their <laughs> And now we've gone completely off the rails, but that's okay. <laughs> I pity the fool who... Oh, never mind. <laughs> and when you tell your friends and they subscribe on any of the podcast apps and then they join you around our virtual campfire... And the more people, the more reviews, especially that we get, the easier it is for other people to find us. And that means then we can continue to get great guests for you. So if you haven't left a review, please do so. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I cannot tell you how important those are to us. So for those of you who have left a review, thank you. And for those of you who haven't yet, well, you're just sitting around. Come on. That's right. <laughs> of course, we are in all the usual social places, but you can find those at our home at stresslesscamping.com and from there find us in the social world that's right thank you again hopefully we will see you out on the road sooner rather than later in that social world yeah in the social <laughs> world or the real world and we look forward to hearing your impressions happy, happy camping. camping we hope you enjoyed this week's adventure time to get out on your own journey don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app and visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm Stressless Camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping.